Send forth your light and your truth. Let them lead me to your home. Let them lead me to your home. Maybe seated. Just take a moment and pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time to be with you, Lord. Thank you that you meet us no matter where we are. Doesn't matter where we are, Lord, you meet us if we're opening up ourselves to be met by you. So thank you that you are present in our praise and adoration. Thank you that your word is true and it does not come back void and it's living and it'll speak to our hearts, renew our minds. Thank you, Lord, that you're made known to us in the breaking of the bread. Father, we come right now and we ask that you would move in a way in our lives that we would leave here differently as a result of meeting you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're on week three of the sermon series, Love Your Neighbor. So um, one more week of loving your neighbor and you're almost done. So we had four weeks and then we don't have to think about it again. We'll come back to that a year later and, oh yeah, I gotta love my neighbor. You'll be reminded of that and but have you ever noticed how really difficult it is to love your neighbor? Yeah. Let's just get honest for a moment, right? Amen? Yeah. That, 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 it can be really hard. It can be really difficult at times on, on knowing that we're called to love them in a certain way. And they don't make it easy for us, do they? Last night after the 6 o'clock service, we went home and... You know, I've been doing this series and really thinking a lot about and praying about loving our neighbors and how that works in our lives. And uh, we head back home. We just get in the door, and it was like, I don't know, like the 4th of July or something was going on. We had neighbors having parties, and someone had an outdoor movie going on, and stereo system was blaring. And I'm saying, so, Lord, you really want me to love my neighbors, right? Like, how do I work this out? I wanted to get a video. Because this is the time when you really need to learn to love your neighbors, when they're doing all the things that make you absolutely nuts. But there's something in that about love that the Lord is teaching us and how we're called to love them. And it's important for us to be reminded of that. And in the first week, I talked about God's blueprint for love, to love God, love yourself, and love your neighbor. That, that there was a blueprint, a, a way that he laid out for us to understand a relationship with him and others, and it was all one. It was, it, was, it was one thing that comes together and that we're called to do that very thing. And then the importance for us to uh, bring forth forgiveness and, and how, how important it is that we understand when we have unforgiveness, that struggle and that battle. But our, our, God gave us this forgiveness principle, and then we're called to forgive, forget, and what? To walk in freedom. As a result of bringing that forgiveness, we're called to bring forgiveness, to forget, and then we walk in that freedom when we bring forth that forgiveness. And we're reminded that forgiveness brings healing to the past and hope for the future. Amen. That's what forgiveness does, and that's why it's so imperative to have that in our lives. God's love is relational. And it's to be lived out in a relationship with him and with our neighbors, not just the relationship with him. And when we get that part, we know that that's really awesome and great for our lives, that we've got this relationship with him and we identify that love of who he is. But it's to continue, not just in him, but to be lived out in loving those around us. So who are our neighbors? 
That's often a question, and we usually identify who our neighbors are based on who lives next door to me or above me or below me, or maybe we think maybe my coworker is the neighbor. But our neighbors are those that, that, that are, we encounter on a daily basis, and we're called to love those who are in and out of our community. So you look at the community of God. This is a community in Christ where we come together, and there's a lot of like-mindedness as a result of that relationship of who he is. And usually it's a lot easier to love those who agree with me. But Jesus didn't say, just love the neighbors who agree with you. He said, love your neighbor. And loving them are going to be those in our community, those around us, and then those outside the community. That is a broader perspective. That we're called to be this witness to them. A witness of who Christ is in and through our lives. That we're, we're called to be that very witness of who he is. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with who? Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in where? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That it's I no longer who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. It's Christ in me. And the life in which I now live, that life of the flesh, is now lived by faith. That I'm transformed. And here's what we got to be reminded about loving our neighbors. That we're not called to share our humanity, we're called to impart his divinity. That we're not called to share our humanity with them, we're called to impart what his divinity is to them. That we're called to bring that. Because the reality is, our neighbors already know all about our humanity. My neighbors are well aware of how human my family can be. Matter of fact, so, you know, we tend to have a loud house. Does anyone have a, have a loud house? That we communicate and we show our love for one another based on the decibels and how high it gets. And usually in the good weather, when the windows are open, everyone else is hearing as well of that love we have for one another. And our humanness is, is, is quite apparent to them of how human we can be. And they hear that. They, they know of that. And, and for us not to forget, in your humanness, in your humanity, God made you in a certain way and he gifted you with, with, with different gifts. And, and those gifts are for his purpose and for greater things that he wants to do. And our, the best thing we could do in our humanity is be transparent of what that is. But what we want to bring into those around us, their lives, is his divinity. That Christ took on flesh. He took on our humanity because it was broken. And he brought into it his divineness of who he is. That means we get to participate in that because it's Christ in where? Me. It's Christ in me. And we're called to bring that to those around us, to those who are neighbors. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. What Peter knew, even Paul knew, they understood the greatness of what happened. Peter, James, and John were there on top of a mountain at the transfiguration and they encountered the divineness of God at, and, and, and when he conquered death and rose from the dead, it was a divine 
Circumstance, it took place. His divinity conquered death. And we, we see that in his humanity. His divinity conquers this death. And then again, we're promised that this outpouring that happens at the upper room of his Holy Spirit. And that we're participating in that very thing. They're aware of who he was, of who Christ is in us. And the way we do this is simple. The way we bring this to others' lives is simple, that we treat our neighbors just as we wish to be treated. That's how we do it. That's how we bring who he is into those around us, their lives. Matthew 7, 12 says, In everything do to others as you would have them do to what? You. For this is the law of the prophets. And Matthew 7 talks about judge not lest you be what? Judged. And there's a little something about a speck in a log, if you remember that. And how quick we're ready to point out a speck in another person's eye, yet we've got a big old log sticking out of ours. But we're called to bring who he is into those around us lives. We're called to bring that truth. And what we have to be reminded of is that we're called to love them as Christ loves us. And what I can promise you is God's love is the most powerful gift he has given us. We've encountered that love and then bringing that love into others' lives. But here's what we've got to be reminded of. God does the judging. We do the loving. That's his responsibility. I know we want to be God's little helper and do that. We we want to be spec inspectors. And, and, and bring that. But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to share that love, to bring that love of who he is. And in John 15, 12, this is basically the reminder of loving our neighbors that this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's not a suggestion. He's not saying if you can really try for this and, you know, if you got some spare time, could you do this as disciples of mine? It's a command. He's saying you must do this. This is how a disciple's life is lived out. And what we have to recognize is that we're called to participate in that in and out of our communities and and that there's a richness and growing of his love and who he is as a result of us participating in that. So what I want to give you is three practical ways to love your neighbor without being weird. I don't know what happens. Also, we become a Christian, we get weird. We get weird how we're going to share the gospel. We get weird about how we talk. We start using you know, Middle English or something as a result of the way that we pronounce things. And, and it's like, what happened? But he wants us to bring who we are and, 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 and bring that relationship of who he is. And there's practical ways that we're called to do that. That we have to break through any isolation or ways that we've just kind of put those blinders up of those around us and recognizing that, that, that God has called us into those relationships with those around us. So there's three practical ways. The first way is pray for them. That's the first thing that you can do for those around you. Asking God to intervene in their lives for whatever they have need of. And we do this by knowing their names and their needs. That's how we do this. And what I can promise you, what I know for certain, is that prayer works. I know that the more I pray, the more things change. And God has a plan to meet us in that relationship. And how I know proof of the power of prayer and why it works is that I'm a product of that prayer because I had a praying grandmother. And her intercession never stopped. It continued. If you ask me, I think she prayed a little too hard. 
just going to back that up a little bit, you know? But the trajectory I was going was not where I'm standing before you today. Yet it was that prayer, that commitment, that intercession of coming before the Lord and that continuing of prayer that was happening. And knowing your neighbors by name and and creating a prayer list and making a commitment to pray for them is that beginning. Because here's what I know. If we pray for them, God will make a way for them. That you might, just think about this for one minute. The Lord put someone in your life. There might not be anyone else in this whole earth that's praying for that individual. But he put him in your path. And the reason he put him in your path is because he has a plan to use you in their life. And you could be that one person who begins that process of praying for them. And what I want you to do is pray really hard for them. Fervently and faithfully. And that's what he's calling us to do. That the more we pray for them, God will make a way for them. We're called to listen to them. We're called to be present for those around us and those that we engage. And we won't know their needs if we don't take time to listen. We won't know what's going on in in those around us and those who are our neighbors' lives if we don't listen. I know for many of us, it's, it's, it's hard loving our neighbors at times. And you might have that one neighbor who lives next door and is a little chatty and you see the person outside and you start planning your stealth leaving so that you're not engaging in that conversation. And you know what's going to happen and you start looking through the windows. Okay, are they gone yet? I can get in my car and I can go. And you have this whole thing plotted out and you hit reverse. Go, 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 go. We got to go. But Lord might be saying, I need you to make a little room in there to listen to engage in that, in that conversation that, that you begin to, to listen to the things that are going on in their lives. Because here's what I know. Listening shows you care. And as disciples, we're called to listen. We're called to pray for them daily and to listen to them. And as we listen, we'll know their prayer needs. And as we pray for them, there's ways that we can do that. And if you're in a community in Christ already, that you're bringing those names together with the community in agreement and beginning to pray for those around us. Or maybe you uh, have a moment where you're engaging in that person's life and they ask you for prayer for something. Here's a crazy thought. Pray for them right there on the spot. What I can tell you, it's the greatest way to shorten a conversation is you go, let me just pray for you. (laughs) Well, it all began when I was four years old, and I remember, and then I was in the back of the car, and we went on, hold on. God can do it, and I know if we pray, he'll meet you in this moment. And we begin to bring prayer into their life in a way that, that they never had it before. Or you know a greater need that they might have. Maybe you're not as comfortable with that. Bring them to church. I'll pray for them. There's a whole lot of people in here can't wait to get their hands on someone and pray for them. I'd be excited about that. Here's what you do. You just get them in the car and you say, come on, come to church with me. i got a plan. And then they come and then we pray for them and then they're never going to talk to you again. You've just now created that boundary. I will never. Like, All right, it worked. Good recognizing the power of that, how important that is, that we bring them. Second thing is to serve them. And serving others is an active deed of love, and that's what we're called to do. Serving our neighbors increases our faith, and it helps us grow in our spiritual gifts as a result of that. That's what, what happens as a result 
of serving those around us and the importance of serving them. And Galatians 5, 13 through 14 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. That's freedom. Not Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. See, the freedom that we were given was not for us to act out in the flesh. It was to love those around us and recognize how to bring that love. See, we love and serve our neighbors by being generous towards them. That, that the truth is generosity gets people's attention, doesn't it? You know what else gets people's attention? Greed. But we're called to be generous. We're called to be givers, not takers. And we want to give of ourselves to those around us and be generous and serve them in that way. And, and 1 John 3.17 says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? And the love of God will abide as we're generous with those around us. And as we give our time, treasure, and talent and pour that back in for the kingdom principles, the kingdom work that we're called to do. See, the Lord calls us to use those very things. And there's practical ways that we can do that. Here's a crazy thought. Bring in your neighbor's trash can. Oh, I know you see it because I see it. We do one of these and we just walk right past it. I'm not getting their can. Why? Because then all of a sudden I might have to bring in their can every single day. But could you imagine the testimony of it started with a relationship and my crazy neighbor kept bringing my garbage can in. Then I asked my neighbor, why do you keep doing that? Because God told me to serve those around me and I wanted to be generous in my time and I felt it was the right thing. I saw your lid blowing down the block and I felt bad. And then someone gives a testimony that I came to know who Christ was as a result of my neighbor bringing in my gas, gas, gas can. Garbage can. Gas can, whatever it takes. Man, fill their car up with gas. I don't know. Just do something. We get the point. Instead of what we do is we create these invisible boundaries and we live on these lots of land of 40 by 60 or 50 by 100 or whatever it is and we draw this invisible line and we pretend we can't see them. I don't see you. I live in my invisible lines of of what I do. And the Lord says that he wants us to see past those lines to move over to understand what's going on. That there's these simple things that we can do to bless those who live next to us, to be generous, to serve them in certain ways, prepare them a little meal, bake them some cookies, write a little note and say, hey, I've been praying for you, and here's a gift card to go get a cup of coffee because I just wanted to bless you. That'll blow their minds. But we get an opportunity to serve them or meet a need in their life in certain ways, and there's so many ways that we can do it. See, it's not the measure of the gift. It's the action of the giving that counts. It's a willingness to do that. Third thing is connect with them, to build that fellowship and relationship. We have to be willing to be open and available to allow relationships to grow. Relationships will only grow if we're willing to be open and willing to be available to other people. Connecting with others is how our relationships grow. 
grow stronger. And it's so vital that we're called to connect in that way that we're going to share in joys and we're also going to share in sorrows. That we're going to be there for them. And when we're there for them, what I promise you is they'll never forget it when we show up in that way. And there's practical ways that we can connect. You can hold a social distancing barbecue. Everyone come over and you can draw little circles or something around your yard. But invite them in, in a way, into our lives to engage in that conversation, to leave room when you're back in the car out to have that five or ten minute conversation with them and, and to begin to allow God to connect in ways that we never knew that we could connect with them before. And, and there's just simple ways of just being friendly to people. Showing that love of who he is by taking a moment out, by connecting with another human who needs to hear that truth about who Christ is. We connect with them through ministries when we find needs. And there's a host of ministries around the church that will help people grow with that very need that you don't have to meet, but there's a way that they can grow into it. And, and maybe they're going through a difficult time right now, the loss of a loved one, they can go to grief share. Or, or going through a divorce, they can go to divorce care. Or maybe they're just new in the Lord and need to go to Alpha to discover really who he is. Their eyes to be open for that. Or maybe they're dealing with a life controlling problem and they need overcomers. All those things are set up for the process of discipleship that we could bring them into to better connect them in a relationship with us and with others and a relationship with the Lord. See, as we take these practical steps of loving our neighbors, what I promise you, I promise you, is miracles will happen. But we'll never know if they'll happen if we're not willing to begin to move in it. Our relationship with God grows deeper the more we learn to love our neighbors. So if you're in a place where your relationship with the Lord is here and you want to grow richer in that love, we got to bring that love into others. And that's where we'll grow richer, especially right now during this pandemic. None of us have lived in a time like this before. And we don't have all the answers. We have a answer. We have hope for the hopeless. And there's people who are hopeless right now. There's people who are fearful and anxious and lonely and depressed. And they're, they're, they're living in such uncertainty. But what we can say is, I know where you can find hope. What we can say is, I know you're thirsty and I can bring you to a well that never runs dry. And that we can bring that into others' lives. Because here's the truth. Uncertain times create challenges and it creates opportunities. So let us not waste this opportunity to show them God's love for them. Well, I encourage you, we have communities in Christ. It's a vision of what God called us to do as a body of Christ. Go online, look at it, see how you can get involved or connect with that or start one or begin one. And it's a place where we're going to build in to pray and serve and connect with one another. Its mission, its sole mission is that we're going to bring Christ into our communities because that's what he called us to do. So this week, what I want you to do begins to be thinking of how I'm going to pray, serve, and connect with my neighbors. So what I want you to do is close your eyes right now. and The Lord's going to just put some people in, right into your mind's eye. And there'll be three people. And the Lord's going to reveal who those three people are. And all you have to do right now in this moment is capture their names and make a commitment that you're going to write those names down and begin to pray. See, because when we begin to pray, things begin to happen. We begin to serve, things begin to happen. When we begin to connect, things begin to happen. And God's going to work in their life. And that's the commitment you're going to make to the Lord that we're going to learn how to love by putting down those three names. 
And over this week, we're going to begin in that process to pray for those. So, Lord, I just ask right now you reveal those very names. That you show us who they are, and then we commit them to you. Amen? Here's what I promise you. This will be inconvenient, uncomfortable, and it will cost you something. I promise you that. But the cost will never outweigh the reward. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you that we'll learn a new measure and depth of your love as we love others. But Lord, we first need to encounter that love for ourselves and who you are. And if you're here right now or you're watching online and, and you haven't asked the Lord into your life that way, what you first need to know is God loves you. He loves you right where you are. What we have to do is respond and accept that love of who he is. We've got to turn from our ways. We've got to repent from keeping him out of our life and ask him into our life so we can begin to walk in his will and his ways. And if you want to know him that way, you want to discover a love that you've never known before. You want to live out a promise that he gives by grace through faith, this grace, this free gift he gives us of an eternal life if we come. If you don't know him that way and you want to know him that way, I would just say, pray with me to ask him in your life that way. So if you want to pray to ask him in your life, repeat after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now if you prayed that in person, I'm going to ask on your way out, there are hosts and there's a kiosk that will be standing by that and they can give you more information and help you if you're watching right now through one of our platforms live stream. There's some information that comes up. Because what we're doing is we want to commit ourselves to you on the pathway to discipleship so that you can walk in the full purpose and plan that God has for your life. So please let us know. The peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another with a sign of God's peace.